Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Oh, well, what an incredible day we have had on the air with all of you. And I think about what I get to do for a living, and I think about, you know, what really kind of lights my heart up, what gives me that spark. And then I think about what it means to have conversations like the one I'm about to have with my very special guest today, Linda Starwolf. And all of that put together with doing what I love, being able to help people across the globe, I don't think it gets any better than that. But I want to welcome all of you to the Dr. Pat Show. I am so honored and thrilled to be in your presence tonight because we have got an amazing show. Not only do we have an amazing show, but we've got some things to give to you. We really do. We've got copies of this incredible book by Linda Starwolf, Shamanic Breathwork, Journeying Beyond the Limits of the Self. We are giving them away tonight, and in a minute I will tell you how that's going to happen. But let me first introduce you to this woman who has said yes to Journeying Beyond the Limits of the Self, Linda Starwolf. She's joining me here today as someone that is taking people on an incredible journey about life, about love, about psycho-spiritual work, about that connection. You know, Linda is and has been incredibly connected to spirit. She has been a shamanic, a psycho-spiritual guide for more than 35 years. She has facilitated transformational journeys across the United States and abroad. You know, her doctorate of ministry in shamanic psycho-spiritual psychology is profoundly representative of what it means to be at this next level of connecting, collaborating, and consciousness. I'm so thrilled, I'm honored to have her joining me here today because her extensive experience, 2010, the life that we live, what's on the horizon and beyond, is what this woman is about. Uh, Linda, I have to uh, say to you, it is such an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I'm really honored to be on this show. Thank you so much for having me. Are you kidding? The pleasure <laughs> is all mine. Uh, I wanted to ask you a number of different things, but I kind of want to start out with this conversation about you. I know we're going to talk about the book. I know we're going to give copies of the book away. Yes. But I'm always intrigued and in awe when I look at a body of work such as yours and I look at what you've said yes to do in your life. So I can't help but thinking what the journey has been like for you. And I would love to know what you've had to move beyond yourself, what challenges, what obstacles you've had to remove to bring you to this very moment, the place that you are, and what you've said yes to in the world. Mm-hmm. 
How many hours do we have, Pat? <laughs> well, we, you know, I'll tell you, this is, I like to call them all progressive conversations. Uh, if I could do that. <laughs> I, I'm happy to share that because I think it's so important that we share our stories and journeys and that that is so meaningful to people. People are looking for ways to move through these incredible times and incredible changes and challenges and opportunities that we have for personal, psychological, and spiritual growth at this time. So I'm happy to share uh, as much or as little of my journey as you want to hear, and I'll start, and if I get carried away, please uh, let me know. Um, uh, I'll probably be intrigued, but I, I'm so appreciative. Thank you for doing that. Well, you're, you're more than welcome. And I think that's probably one of the most important things that people want to know is, uh, is how to get through, how, not just to get through, but how to go through death and rebirth and recreate themselves. And that seems to have been my path um, ever since I can really remember. And one of my um, biggest challenges, I think, quite frankly, from the beginning is I grew up in a small town in western Kentucky in a very rural area. I was an only child. The first thing that happened for me is that I was um, had a very difficult birth. My mother was heavily ethered, and I almost died at birth. And she was very sick uh, as well. And it was really um, because the birth was being treated as a medical process rather than a birth. And there was a lot of interference. And it really almost um, took both of us out. And that that is something a lot of people don't understand is that how we come into the world is how we learn. Uh, it's one of the first imprints that we have. It makes sense to most people who are aware. But a lot of people don't even understand that that is a powerful imprint right from the beginning of how to do change, and it's one of the first imprints that we have. And so my first imprint was not only was I um, dying to the world of being in the womb and being born, but I also almost left the planet. So there was a double energy there, which is often true for people who tend to become psychic or um, to develop certain intuitive abilities or uh, in even some, some cultures are called, you know, the shamanic people in their in their tribes or villages, the ones who are twice born or come close to death. So that was the beginning there. I uh, grew up as an only child, and, and I spent um, a lot of time. Are you still there? It sounded like there was a noise there. Uh, you know, I think we're probably, I am definitely still here, but, you okay. know, with the kind of energy that both of us are bringing to the table here, we're probably going to shake it up a little bit, okay. don't you think? Well, there's a lot, a lot of shamanic energy, and I tend to have that effect on electronic stuff, so please bear with me. I have already done some shamanic reiki around myself and electronic equipment, but I just wanted to make sure because sometimes that that actually truly happens. I can't wear watches. These things happen. I, but believe me, I'm pretty used to it. I mean, okay. all of the folks are really used to what happens when we we okay. kind of do the show that we do. <laughs> well, that's good. So we'll we'll have fun with that. Well, anyway, so um, in 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 growing up into my life, I um, in Western Kentucky, I was a very sensitive child. I was very intuitive. I had a lot of dreams. My grandmother noticed this right in the beginning. She was also of that. Um, nature herself and really cultivated that within me and she really became my my soul guide my my very best friend and my parents works I spent a lot of time with her 
I had, um, being a sensitive and kind of a strange kid, I guess you could say, maybe even a, a early indigo, I um, didn't relate a lot to, uh, to other children that much, but I really related to animals and things. And so I had difficulty in school early on, and it, it took me a long time to, quote, become normal or learn how to be in school. And then I did really well in the school system, but it was not easy for me in the beginning. And then my grandmother, um, who I was extremely close to, who taught me how, how to speak to nature, how to connect with stones and rocks and with um, the animals and, and the dream time and explore my dreams and to look how um, in my dreams I could see the future and things like that. Um, I had a dream that she was going to um, leave this world, and I was very upset. I was had, um, 11 at the time, and I spoke that to her. And then just a couple months later, she passed away exactly in the way I'd seen it. Oh, and my goodness. And so it was, it was very traumatic for me. She was really um, like a second mother to me. And, and I, she was more than even a mother or a grandmother. This, this was a woman I had a soul contract with. And she left the planet, and it was very traumatic for me. I felt completely lost in the world. I felt like I'd lost my connection to someone who understood um, the strange energies and made them normal for me. And I really um, went through a very, very dark time. Mm-hmm. My, my mother became depressed. She was very close to mother. She became depressed, and my um, father was busy. And it was just a time where I, became, I was really very alone and isolated. And a lot of psychic things really began to happen to me at that time and energies that I didn't know how to deal with and I didn't have anyone really around to support me with that. And what happened for me, this is now um, in the, I, I turned 12, this is now in the 60s. And so I jumped on the, um, you know, the peace and love and, um, you know, was it love, drugs, sex, and rock and roll? Band. All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. And I was very young, and yet, for this may sound strange, but some people were using to get high. I was using to feel normal. Mm, I and, do understand that. Yes. And so I, I went into that world, and it was such a, a mixed bag because on the one hand, I was... Um, I ended up going to college to be a social worker at the University of Kentucky. And on the other hand, I'm uh, taking alcohol and drugs, and you know it seemed like so many people were during that time. But still, there was a, a whole disconnect. There was something that wasn't resonating in my field, and I didn't really understand it at the time, what was happening. And it wasn't until several years later... And actually, um, in my, uh, I think it was 19 or 20, that I actually overdosed from um, the drugs that I was using at that time and ended up in a uh, psych ward for, um, I think it was probably a couple of weeks. They were trying to determine if I was crazy or just messed up. And I think I was trying to decide that as well. When I came out from there, I knew that I couldn't do drugs anymore, and I stopped using drugs. However, and that wasn't too difficult because I had come close to losing my life. And yeah, it was kind of a wake-up call in a sense, more yeah, ways than, than not. Huge wake-up call. And a lot of my friends um, 
were having wake-up calls, too, and there were people around me who died. It was during the time when people like, you know, Janis Joplin was dying and Jimi Hendrix and people like that. And so it was like this was a wake-up call for a lot of us And um, at that time. However, during that uh, near-death experience when I was in the hospital there, I actually rose above my body as they were uh, working to really work to resuscitate me, and they did bring me back. Um, but I remember before I kind of passed out and went into oblivion for a couple of days, I remember seeing myself go up above my body and looking back and being, you know, just kind of like, oh, that poor thing, you know, look at her lying there, and she's really messed up. And um, and then thinking, well, that's okay, you know, it, it's all right if, if she lives or she dies. And then the next thing I knew, I could hear them saying, we're not sure she's going to make it, and then, I, I, then everything went black. So I had that near-death experience, and um, that was that really was really a spiritual experience because it made it very easy for me to stop using drugs at that time. However, I thought that it was still okay to use alcohol. I didn't understand at that time about addiction or cross-addiction, and I, I continued to drink, and, and drinking seemed to be the normal thing to do, and it calmed my nerves and things like that. And I went to work at the mental health center and was a counselor. I worked with people who had serious mental illnesses. So I thought I was fine. And at the age of 29, right during my Saturn return, I realized that I was an alcoholic. Oh, my goodness. And it was, it was so paradoxical because I'm, I'm going to work. I'm working all day to help people who, in the mental health system. And then I would go home and drink at night. And this was something I kept to myself. It was very private to me. Um, no one knew around me. And um, and then eventually, you know, it came to the light, and, and I had to choose to if I was going to live or die again. So my life until I, from the time I was born, actually, until I was 30, um, was a spiraling path of death and rebirth. Um, of oh, wow. And, and trying to, what I now know, is manage these powerful life force energies that were running through me that I just really didn't know how to manage. And I can't help but think that is the case for many, many, many people, that this kundalini life force energy, especially in people who tend to be very sensitive and who come in perhaps somewhat awake, um, but who are, um, if you don't have the guides or teachers or helpers in your life, or if you have them and then they die or pass on or are suddenly not there in your life, um, you don't have the mentorship that you need to have in order to bring you through these energies and to anchor them in this world so that they, you can bring your, um, your gifts to the world. I know this is really kind of a, a dilemma for us here, and I just want to mention to everyone, I'm so thrilled Linda Starwolf is joining us here today. I want to, I want to make sure that you all have an opportunity, first of all, to connect with her if that's what you choose to do. We have a toll-free number here, uh, 888, I want to make sure you all have it, 888-815-9756. That is toll-free, and for those of you that do call in, Comments, questions, uh, we'd like to give you a copy of the book. We have about, I think, seven, six, seven of these to, to gift to you. This is part of what we do. 
or you can drop me an email at info at thedrpatshow.com. You know, what you're talking about is so important. It's really going to take us to the conversation and, you know, the conversation not only we're having today, but the conversation that you have in the book, many conversations in the book. And it's interesting that you brought up Saturn return because a lot of folks may not know what that is. But I want to just have you touch upon that for just a minute because I think it is important comment or important for people to understand why you brought that up to begin with, but also how you live your life. I mean, you know, this idea of looking at shamanic and, and what does that mean and the essence of it. But the solar return of Saturn, as a matter of fact, it, you know, is very powerful. It could lead to a number of different things. So I want to ask you, please touch upon that. But then let's talk about how that factors in to your life perspective. You know, what it means to be called shamanic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up because I also have another book coming out that I've co-authored with Ruby Falconer, who's been a lifelong astrologer uh, of more than 30 years, and that's shamanic mm-hmm. Egyptian astrology that's actually coming out in March or April from Inner Traditions, um, Bear and Company. And, um, but anyway, the, um, um, the, universe, all of the universe is moving in spirals and in cycles. And and everything in the universe is moving in that way. And all of life, even the cells of our bodies, move in a spiraling form. And we revisit things many, many times. One of the most important pieces that I teach about and that I really walk as a spiritual path is the path of the spiral path and understanding that while we're here on this planet, that we are always going to be, um, as Barbara Marks Hubbard said many, many years ago, we're always going to be a borning. A borning. Yeah, she did, know. didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're always a borning. There's no way that we cannot be doing that. At one, at this moment, thousands and thousands of millions and millions upon cells in our bodies are dying. At the same time, simultaneously, thousands and millions of cells are being reborn. It's not one dies and then another is born. It's happening simultaneously. We're constantly in the midst of these two forces to live and to die at the same time. And those two polarities really create this life force energy that's moving through us and anchor us both to heaven and to earth or to spirit and to the, to the world of matter and help us to be informed and to have this, this physical experience. So obviously every, we're connected to everything in, in, um, all realms all at once. And wherever we're paying, you know, paying attention or noticing is the, the dimension or realm that we're in. So while we're here having this, you know, this human experience, while our spiritual beings are having this human experience, we're affected by many, many factors that happen not only of Earth, on Earth, but also in the celestial realm, also in the heaven world. And so as these various planets make their cycles and rotations and come back around uh, in our life to affect us over and over again, such as Saturn, and when Saturn comes back around into our life um, for a Saturn return, when that happens, we're actually meeting, uh, we're meeting ourselves. We're, we're having the opportunity to meet our darker side or our shadow side, the things that we haven't been able to see about ourselves. And when this happens, um, it's often shocking and that we find something out. For instance, 
I didn't have, you would think that I would. You'd think that, that this would be something a person would know. But when I discovered that I had a problem with alcohol, I can honestly say I did not have a clue. In the field of addiction, and I happen to also be an addiction specialist, I'm still a certified international addictions specialist, um, they said uh, one of the um, um, kind of funny things to say about denial is, denial, don't even know I'm a lion. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, you know, we don't even know that. And so when, um, you know, a lot, it's interesting how many people I have met who have, who have gotten sober or changed their lives in some dramatic way around the ages 28, 29. Um, and then if you don't get it then, then again when you're about 56, you know, and when this, when this energy comes around, you have the opportunity to look at yourself and say, what's not working in my life? And that's a really important thing to do. So much of the time we want to expand, and I'm a person who has a lot of Aquarius in my chart, so I love expansion. And at the same time, before we expand or simultaneously while we're expanding, it's very important to face the truth head on about what's not working. And so that's, you know, that's something that I've had to face many times. You know, one of the mistakes, um, and I think it's an honest mistake because it's what our culture and society teaches us, and not only ours, but most cultures and societies in the world, actually, is that we're on a linear path and we get born and then we, you know, we uh, become educated and perhaps we get married or, you know, end up with uh, 1.2 children, I think it is now. We used to be able to have 2.3, but now we can only have 1.2 in order to be, you know, in the right um um, um, way of being on the planet and to have... Exactly, kind of being know. fit in, being make sure we're kind exactly. of the norm. Don't really yeah. want to stick out too much. Kind of want to be accepted by everybody. Yes. And, and you know, if you're lucky, you'll be selected for the next American Idol. You've got it. That's, that's you know, the best yet. And also, the the myth that if we do that, we won't ever get sick, our kids will never do drugs, Nothing bad will ever happen to us, you know, we'll just all only attract positive things into our life. And then one day, you know, at the very end of our life, when we're just at the, you know, the height of our life, we'll all live to be 100, then we'll just die and go straight to nirvana or heaven or paradise or someplace. And, of course, I, you know, we all know that that's life, right? That's the way it works for everybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know anyone. I mean, come on, you know, it's like, it's like (laughs) off-the-shelf software, Exactly. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know I totally understand like what you're talking about. But, you know, there are some times, and I think people are feeling this. I want to kind of get your, your impression uh-huh. on this. I believe that some that we're kind of in a very interesting time right now, a very interesting energy time, a very interesting place for all of us on the planet to be, so to speak. And so then the question then becomes, how do we... How do we use the tools that we've been given? How do we use some of what we've learned? How do we use what you call shamanic breath work to help us clear, to help us transform, you know, to help us become the spiritual beings that we are already but don't really know? Mm-hmm. Well, there's two things I would say about that. First of all, I'm really grateful for the people in the world who are awake and who are waking up and who are proactive and who are out there doing the inner work, uh, whether it's with shamanic breath work or some of the other wonderful tools that are out there now, and using those 
as a way to keep themselves awake, especially in these times when we're so challenged and there's so much negativity, so to speak, around us, and to be able to see that only the ego is really the one and that is determining and saying that the things that are going on are negative, that from a soul's perspective, that it's really just that the, um, the fire is being turned up. The fires of transformation are really amped up on our planet right now, and so this is a golden opportunity for us to make the changes that we've been needing to make, and that um, this is the opportunity for us to come through this shamanic birth canal and birth the world that we're all longing for. And, you know, it's also really true that many, many people will not. And, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't willing to really fully wake up until I went through so much adversity. So many people just simply will not wake up until they have to. It's kind of like we keep pushing the snooze button and say, just five more minutes, just three more minutes, you know, just yeah. three more minutes, you know. And I totally get that. Yes. You know, we've got this... Um, this psychological, spiritual snooze button that we keep pushing, and eventually, you know, something has to happen, and we have to hit some sort of bottom when we go, gosh, you know, I'm in an abusive relationship, or I'm not feeling self-respecting of myself because of the kind of food I'm eating, or um, even the the um, the um, the kind of car I'm driving, or whatever it might be in our lives, that we look around and everywhere we look, from what we're eating, from what chemicals we're cleaning our house with, to um, the, the kind of education our kids are receiving, you, you name it, everything. We look and we go, oh my gosh, everything's got to change. And it's interesting, when I, when I first uh, came into recovery from my own addictions when I was 29 and I was speaking to my mentor who was helping me at that time, and you know, she said, don't worry, don't feel so overwhelmed. You only have to change one thing. And I said, what's that? She said, your whole life. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, and that shook me at the moment, but she was so right about that. And she said, however, you just do the best you can and make a commitment one day at a time to do the best that you can and use the tools that are given to you. And so that's really the message I would like to put out to people. This is an opportunity for everyone to say, we've hit bottom. You can get off the escalator at any point. At any point, you can go all the way down to death and destruction of this planet. Or we can all get off right now and say, you know, this is a low enough bottom for me, and I'm going to choose to be awake one day at a time, and I'm going to use these tools, and I'm going to do what I need to do to apply them to my life. Now, to be specific, whatever we pay attention to or give attention to is going to begin to make a new imprint on our consciousness. So if we're caught up in rush hour traffic hamburger stand consciousness and sitting um, watching, you know, the, the sitcoms all the time or uh, just, you know, playing the same newscast over and over, this is what our consciousness is going to be. Whatever we eat or consume, and, it, and not just what we take into our mouth, but in our eyes and our ears and our skin and our relationships, Whatever we consume, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, is what we become, what our bodies and what our energy fields become. Obviously, it's not what our spirits become, but our spirits can't get through. Our spiritual energies can't get through because the density is so thick. 
So we have to start making conscious decisions to utilize processes that are going to help keep us awake. And so that can be anything from looking at our diet to looking at what substances we ingest to looking at where we live to really taking an honest inventory with our partners about our relationship, making a commitment to honest relating. I mean, there's so many places in which we can do this, spending more time with our children, honoring um, nature, being out in nature, all of those kinds of things, spending time with kindred spirits, finding people in groups that are doing these kind of things. And, gosh, when I started out um, on this path, I, it was so difficult to find people who were, I know. who were doing things. And now you can go to almost any town and find the local magazine or that's a more progressive magazine or paper, and you can find your people. And the Hopi you know, prophecy says, find your people, find your water supply, know where your food is, you know, make sure you have a community, and make sure that you're doing things for the spirit as well as for the body. And so, you, you know, yeah. this is part of this is you know you really not being able to say no. I mean, part of this isn't this also your life path. All of the messages, all of the awakenings, all of the different steps. Even the people that you hang out with here, yeah. Linda. What I'm trying to say is, I know you hang out with Nikki Scully, and <laughs> yeah. you know, so there's you know there's this community of connection and attraction that is happening now. I don't think we could stop it even if somebody were to try. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I, I mean, do. it's so huge. I do. I really believe deeply that this is the time that we've been waiting for. I believe that everyone on the planet at this time, whether they're acting out the dark side or the light side of this, has a soul contract to be here at this time. And that this is a time that we all knew. And I think if you talk to people at a soul level and if you can get them there through these different processes, if you can talk to them and get them there and, and just drop into that deeper self, people know that they're here for a purpose. And they know they're here on time. And sometimes people will aggravate it when they start waking up. They go, but, but you know, I really just wanted to have a good job. <laughs> I really, just wanted, you know, I really just wanted to have that 1.2 kid, you know, and uh, and just kind of sell through life. And that, I just don't think that's the way it's going to happen right now. I think it's very interesting we're talking about this because, first of all, I want to commend you on the book that you've written, and I want to take a minute to make sure everybody knows how to find out more information about you. Um, and so uh, for, for those of you just tuning in, Linda Starwolf is my very special guest today. I have hot off the press, the book in my hand, Shamanic Breathwork, Journeying Beyond the Limits of the Self. And I want to take a minute to make sure that people have information and can go to your website because your website, first of all, is amazing. But it also leads me to the questions uh, having to do with, first of all, your relationship with ISIS, and then the relationship that you have with Venus. So first, let's give out your website, and then I'm so curious about Isis and Venus in the same context. Mm-hmm. The, the website is uh, www.shamanicbreathwork.org, and the institute that we have is Venus Rising Institute for Shamanic Healing Arts. We have a Shamanic Ministers Global Network, we have the Wise Wolf Woman and Wise Wolf Men's Councils. 
um, that started five years ago that are, take place at our ISIS Cove Retreat Center in Western North Carolina in the mountains there right next to Cherokee. Oh, wow. We ordain people as shamanic ministers. We certify them as shamanic breathwork facilitators, and we take people through a process called shamanic healing initiatory processes, which is called SHIP. And so this is a we moved there um, from San Francisco in the Bay Area almost, um, let's see, it's, all, it's been almost seven years ago, to create our own retreat center and to be able to bring people to a more central location. I was doing a lot of traveling prior to that, and I'm traveling some more uh, right now, obviously. But um, we uh, started bringing people to us in, in North Carolina there, and we've created a beautiful place for people to come and, and participate in ceremonies and breathwork and healing and initiations on the land. We have an incredible, beautiful new medicine well that that's, uh, was created most recently uh, by a group of people and also Wind Daughter, who is um, connected to the Bear Tribe and um, had these beautiful stones that are uh, two tons each that created this beautiful wheel. But anyway, that's, oh that's about our place, and you can see about that. But as far as Venus and Isis, um, almost, I see it, I think it was about 14 years ago, um, I actually, you know, and I have encounters with these archetypes. Um, I, once again, I was going through an initiation of a shamanic death because, you know, it keeps on moving, it keeps on changing, and I was, um, old skin was dropping away from me, an energetic experience I was going through, and through a breathwork experience, I met uh, the archetype or the goddess Venus, and she really came into my energy field. And at that time, she said, we're preparing now to go through a huge awakening. And over the next 14 years, I will be your guide. And there is going to be a huge awakening and tremendous shifting on the planet. And it's important for people to begin to turn towards higher love and wisdom. And she said to me, quite frankly, that is your mission. That is your purpose at this time. And it was right after that that I came out of that experience and created Venus Rising Institute for Shamanic Healing Arts. Prior to that, I had been working with the Psyche Institute with Jacqueline Small, who's um, a wonderful friend and teacher. And I worked with Jacqueline Small, to where I met Stan Groff and um, Barbara Marks Hubbard and Marion Woodman and many people in my mid-30s. Um, I had the great opportunity working with the Psyche to, to rub elbows and to learn from them and to, and, um, to learn from so many wonderful teachers during that time. And so um, this was me creating my own organization and, bring, and bringing in the shamanic world into the breathwork world. And so that's when shamanic breathwork was created. It was really Venus that brought that to me. And then I, um, actually it was my husband, uh, Brad Collins, um, who had a, a breathwork experience with ISIS where he saw all the women that he had had loved in his life and connected with, uh, starting with his mother and um, uh, his ex-wife and, and different women, and then all the way to the present to me, and where he had always placed this energy out onto women. And then suddenly he saw Isis, and she said, I'm the one you've always been looking for. And at wow. that moment, he became Isis. And... Mm. 
and he embraced her as his divine feminine. And he told me about this. And as he told me about it, I was impacted deeply. And shortly after that, we both started having powerful synchronistic experiences around Isis, which led us to Nikki Scully. And that was a very synchronistic meeting as well. And um, we ended up going up to Eugene to see Nikki and, um, and experiencing some work with her. And then, of course, Nikki and Brad and I and a good friend of ours named Anya McAndrew, who teaches the shamanic priestess process, uh, took a group of 40 people and went to Egypt in 2005. And I had a profound experience that um, was um, so deep and powerful that when we returned back from that trip that Nikki and I decided to do two books together, which is The Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt and also The Anubis Oracle, based on the work that came through that, that one journey there that was so powerful. And ITI, Inner Traditions, uh, published uh, both of those books. And so Isis, um, Brad and I, shortly after that, we had moved, I'm sorry, right before we went to, um, uh, to Egypt with Nikki, we had moved to North Carolina to, to do our retreat center. And we just, not really knowing why, cha uh, changed the name of this uh, land that we moved to to Isis Cove. And oh, then wow. After, Interesting. And not even understanding why. And then we started having all these inner experiences with Isis on these shamanic journeys. And most recently this year in August, during a powerful breathwork, inner breathwork experience that I had, Isis came to me when I was looking out at the world and I was seeing all of this trouble that was going on and was wondering how are we going to deal with everything. There's so much coming up. And my human, you know, self just kind of kicked in and I felt overwhelmed. And in my vision, she was huge. She was kind of like, you know, the Nave. I mean, she was 15 feet tall at least. And she reached down and she picked me up and lifted me in her arms. And she told me um, that this was a time where she was directly sending energies to the earth and to all people to help them, and that she was the archetypal mother of us all with complete, unconditional love, and that if we would do our part, she would do hers. That's amazing, isn't it? It was. It really is. I mean, it, you talked earlier before, and I mentioned about collaboration, cooperation, and, you know, to have that kind of energy that so many people are feeling, it's, it's really, it takes your breath away, so to speak. It was so powerful. When this experience came through, um, my whole body just went into this vibration. It was as if I was plugged into a, a wall socket. I was, my whole body was just shaking. And, you know, this is just from the breathing and the music and the experience and these energies. Because the more you do this kind of work, like with the breath work, what happens is it opens up the circuitry in your brain. It actually, and that's why it takes you beyond the brain, beyond the limits of the self. And it really works in the same way, um, you know, in the 60s I did a, a lot of, as I call it, psychedelic research. You know? Yes. And, <laughs> and, you know, and this really is a very powerful and safe way to change your brain chemistry and to put you into a natural altered state where 
you're opened up to these bigger energies, and they're not just fantasy in energies. These energies have made all the difference in my life. By listening to these direct experiences with the divine, if you will, or, you know, however you want to look at it, you can look at it as archetypes or deities or gods or goddesses. It doesn't really matter what you call them. These energies exist. They're powerful principles for transformation. And they're right here simultaneously existing in multidimensional reality with us as human beings. And they can aid and support and give us direction from our higher self that our little ego minds just can't do. Yeah. I mean, this is really going to be the challenge, isn't it? I mean, I, I so many people have looked at... Uh, <laughs> absolutely joyfully saying goodbye to 2009. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've ever felt sort of a gratitude energy of moving from one point in time to another, as I have with this particular shift. Maybe it's because we're going to start a new decade. Maybe it's because of the way this last decade ended. You know, maybe it could have so many things to do with things we don't understand. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, the book that you've put out with the accompanying, you know, CD, which I'd love for you to talk about, this is really a way to reach people that, as you said, may not have the mentor or the teacher, mm -hmm. but really know that they are on the verge of a life calling that needs a response. That's so true. I, I, I really love what you've just said. And, for instance, and Facebook is an amazing thing, too, I might add. It could be you. Yes, it is. <laughs> it can really, I just, it's been a year, and I have almost a 1,000 people on there, and I, I just go, this is a wonderful shamanic tool, cyber tool. And the reason I totally. say, that, say that, I know some people are very skeptical about it and, and make fun of it, but um, I get all these people on Facebook now who, that I posted this on who are breathing all over the world. To my, and who are buying my book and, and playing this CD and breathing. A wonderful woman just uh, the other day emailed me from Scotland. Um, and her, I think she's maybe uh, 29 or 30 years old. And she said, I just breathed. I just put this on and I just breathed. And I had this amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And I became an eagle. And this happened. And then I got this download. And she says, I'm not sure what, all, what it all means, but I can tell you that it's changing me. I can feel it. You know, and I can't tell you how many people write me on Facebook or email or on my blog or, um, and who are, are sending these kinds of messages to me from all over the world around having this experience with the breath work. And it's interesting, you know, um, I had some resistance at first. Um, to putting it out in this way because most of the time people come to workshops, they come to be with me or they come to be with one of my facilitators that I've trained and I've trained a lot of facilitators around and we really honor ourselves and um, by the really safe and powerful container that we create. It's in the process, exactly. I mean, so there's a way that you've been doing this and certainly I've participated and, you know, there's a way that we're used to doing this. So really shifting that, changing yes. it, putting this out there and connecting with people across the ocean, that's got to be mind-boggling for you it a little is bit. Not. It is. It really feels to me really interdimensional. It really it is. is interdimensional, though. It really, it really is. is. 
how timely this movie Avatar came out because that that whole dream body part of ourselves we're really connecting with each other through time and space and different time zones and different ways it's speeding up and the reason I brought this up I was remembering that years ago a few years back the Dalai Lama gave an initiation to a whole auditorium of people it was a very powerful um, uh, initiation that he gave. And I remember reading about it afterwards. They said that there were some people who were, um, uh, you know, in that religious order and different monks that, that weren't real happy about it. They said that they had meditated for years to be worthy to receive that initiation and that he just gave it to anyone that showed up in the auditorium that day and they couldn't understand or they were, they had some under, you know, and, and that he was questioned about it or whatever. And I may not be saying this exactly right, but my understanding of what was conveyed at that time and that his answer was, was basically is that there wasn't the time left on the planet. That it wasn't, it wasn't, that we didn't, we don't have this kind of time that we used to have for people to meditate for 30 years to become enlightened or to receive an initiation. And that time has speeded up and so that these secret initiations and these mystery schools and the teachings need to be downloaded quickly and passed on as quickly as possible to others. And someone just three days ago sent me something in an email that said, um, humanity cannot, can no longer wait for evolution. Time is of um, the essence right now. It's so important. Human beings must consciously make the choices. We cannot wait for evolution. It's too slow. And so, and honestly, I think that's really what so many people are feeling. Uh, but the laws of the universe are kind of interesting. You know, Linda, Linda Starwolf, my very special guest today, brand new book. People are raving about it, Shamanic Breathwork, Journeying Beyond the Limits of the Self. I want to make sure all of you have the website, uh, shamanicbreathwork.org. Uh, that's where you could go. You can find out about all of the things we're talking about today, the ministry um, the special events, there's even a Peru event and much more. But, you know, there are people that are talking right now about this idea of the fact that we're all connected. We're all connected mind, we're all connected energy. And at some level, the technology has brought to the forefront the speed by which people want to be connected. That's the way I look at technology right yeah. now. You know, you mentioned Facebook. I look at that as a global community that has so many people hungry to connect. Other people look at technology and say, oh, my God, we've created a, an environment. I think Oprah talked about this, an environment of people that can't do anything but text. Mm. And at some level, somewhere in the middle here, and I want to ask you about this, there is an energy that is pulling people to connect whether it's through texting, workshops, energy, whatever we want to call it, there's something calling us forward, and apparently technology has showed up to make it happen. I want to ask you this question, um, and thank you for joining us. Are we being called to connect, and does it matter how we do it? I think we're absolutely being called to connect, and I think that, you know, there is a lot of isolation. There has been. And Grandmother Twyla Nitsch, 
who I, uh, I hesitate to even say was because even though she's past the other side, is still my spiritual uh, grandmother, the Wolf Clan grandmother from the Seneca Nation, and she was 94 when she passed two years ago in August of 2007. We talked a lot about connection and isolation, and she said that we were entering into this new world, and this and her teaching that um, that she taught me because sometimes I would say, Graham, it seems to me that things are. Um, you know, getting worse. It seems to me that, um, you know, we might not make it through this portal. What do you think? And she would say to me, Star Wolf, and she's the one who also gave me my name, Star Wolf, the chips aren't in yet. You know, there's, there, nothing has been determined. There's, there's nothing that says that it's all going to end badly. Um, but the chips aren't in. And she said it really depends what people, um, how, if people are going to come out of isolation and start connecting. And if they do, we'll enter into the next world together as humanity, not as uh, a country, not as, you know, different races. We will make the next level as the, as the planet Earth and all of humanity, and not only humanity, all beings at, at the levels of consciousness that we need to. And that calls for a mass awakening. And I really believe that it's important to do whatever we can to connect. And I connect in any way that I can. I connect by going out on and, you know, like I am now on my book tour and going to, um, you know, to stress management centers, to going to uh, New Age bookstores, to going to Borders bookstores, to, you know, to any um, venue that I can, um, to having people come to our retreats. I connect with my, I make it really important, even though they, uh, my children live in Maryland and I live in North Carolina, I took off five weeks this past summer out of my busy schedule to spend with my grandchildren that are, you know, six and seven years old and to have them at the farm, have them in the mountains with us in nature, teaching them things, having them drum, um, you know, and connecting in those kinds of ways. It's really Creating important. that experience for them. The, creating those experiences for them and to teaching them. And my um, uh, daughter-in-law, she, she called me and she said that my little grandson, Aiden, who's now eight, that he went over to the window and there was a moth on the window and he calls me Mammy Wolf. And then he goes over, he goes over to the window and there was a moth on the window and he said, he's eight and he says, what's that little moth? What did you say? And she said, he's listening to the moth and then he says, oh, well tell Mammy I love her too. And, you know, we taught him to talk to the, to the moths when he was at our house last summer. And so he and spent- this is really part of <laughs> passing traditions forward, moving tra- traditions forward. You know, the work that you're doing and reaching people and people that are looking for new ways of being, new ways of, of solving old problems, so to speak. Um, this is really quite incredible, and I love, love, love what you've done. Thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. And before we go, please do two things. One, let's give out your website again. And I want to ask you, what is your personal message for our listeners today? The website is wshamanicbreathwork.org. And what I would give out the message is keep breathing. (laughs) Open yourself (laughs) up. 
this is a time for change. It's, it's a wonderful time for transformation. Perhaps we've never had the opportunity to make so much change and transformation and to evolve ourselves and our planet to the next level and to know that we really are all one. We're here to connect with one another. We're not here to isolate. I have an, a tremendous optimism. Uh, with the process that we're going through, and I really believe that we are on the verge of a powerful rebirth on this planet if we will stay the course and come through the fires of transformation that we're in right now. Well, thank you so much for doing what you're doing because you certainly are making the journey a lot easier. Thank you so much for joining us on the Dr. Pat Show tonight. Thank you, Dr. Pat, for having me. I loved it, and you're a wonderful interviewer. Thank you so much. Well, i got to tell you, you make it very easy for me. It's a great topic, everyone. The book is incredible, and I did mention there is a 70-minute CD of trance rhythms. All of this is to guide you along the way. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on on the Dr. Pat Show. We promise to bring you the best in talk radio we ever have. Whether or not you're having a solar return going through your charts, matter of fact, I found that I've got one on mine this year, or you're just living the life that you truly are passionate about. It's all part of the journey. You're part of the rise, and you inspire me to do what I do. Until next time, live life full out. We'll see you next time.